0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody?
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host, Adam. And today with me, I have the one and the only, the Brad Stankey with Discover Strength in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Brad, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, the pleasure is all mine. Um, well, hey Brad. Um, go ahead and paint a picture for me of your company, like your vision first off. Like what how did you get into this? What was your whole like mindset on wanting to be a gym owner?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, everything started from me being a client of Discover Strength and I kind of fell in love with my trainers. I fell in love with with the business model and um as I was kind of going through my career, I saw that there was a shortcoming in the fitness industry and that people really weren't getting the help they were looking for there was all these different models that were trying to like push someone into finding a way to be healthy but they would never stick they would never really hold on to them and what i found was discover strength had this ability to take someone and keep them retained and actually help them make progress because they do a different approach using a lot of science and a lot of research to prove how the body is supposed to develop, to, to develop and evolve and grow muscle, and and doing it in a both safe and efficient manner. It played really well into like the professional career that I had. So when I saw that, and then I saw all the struggles people were having with COVID, and I thought, well, how do you make a business profitable through COVID? And I fell in love with strength training. I fell in love with amateur bodybuilding. And the opportunity presented itself when Discover Strength started franchising through COVID because they were growing in that business time, growing their business throughout that. And uh, turned out like people wanted to go to a smaller gym with a more intimate setting. So I made a franchise with it. No, that, that's great. Yeah, um, it, it seems, you
1: know, in the direction that um, some places are heading, you know, that that smaller intimate community feel is where yep. people really are going to thrive. Um, you know, versus like you get the, the big, big, big gyms where it's like, you're just turning over people after people after people and like you might get 40, 50 signups, but you're going to get 50, 60 cancellations. Right. Yeah, um, okay. So I love that. Um, great vision. Um, so from your vision, kind of explain to our listeners, what is it that discover strength actually does like give like that elevator pitch of like your yeah. services and everything that goes on inside of your facility.
2: So that's a great question. And the way I always answer it is, you know, it's always about how busy people really don't have time to waste on exercise that doesn't work. So at Discover Strength, we deliver 30-minute strength workouts just twice per week with an expert trainer to having our clients looking and feeling their best in only a fraction of the time. That's what we do. I love that. Can you dive in a little bit deeper? What,
1: what, what does that strength training consist of with that trainer? Like what, what makes that dynamic training so unique where like you're getting the most value for the time?
2: yeah so it stems back a lot all the way back to like Arthur Jones from the seventies and eighties coming out of that and so we ne- we pinned everything off of kind of his some of his modalities and um using his equipment like nautilus medex those are the equipment lines that we run with. Um, but what we're doing is trying to find a way that our machines can work mechanically with the body and we're taking muscle groups to momentary muscle failure and we found through the research that you don't need to do three sets of 10 or three sets of 20 if you did one set to failure that muscle group and that range of motion for that muscle can be fully worked and done for three days and then we can put some rest and make it grow back and make it stronger and then well then we'll train it again and that's where it comes down to this twice a week modality but 30 minutes we make it efficient because we can do 12 exercises 12 muscle groups that gets the whole body in a full body workout done in just 30 minutes and so people can make make their commitments make their appointments to it they can come right before work during work a lunch break um and after work so we found a way to cater it to just people who are too busy to go to the gym
1: i love it i uh I worked with a concept like that, uh, but it was like EMS training. Um, and it was, it was like that 20 minute workout where like you could come in and the EMS would help the muscular contractions faster um, in that shorter amount of time. But this, this sounds absolutely amazing because you're actually doing like the strength training with the machine and you're actually fatiguing the muscle, which yes. I love because I love strength training. Um, you know, sports and growing up and everything, we we're always trying to maximize the time for, you know, what you're given and everything. So um, Brad, tell me what, does a typical client um look like inside your facility like like what like who do you see the most what what people kind of come to you obviously you said busy not able to you know go to the gym spend 45 60 minutes but
2: are we looking like general weight loss like muscular gain athletes all the above yeah I mean we've we have all of the above I mean our demographics range from 94 years of age down to seven years of age um I think our sweet spot in terms of ages is probably your upper thirties to mid fifties is kind of maybe our our sweet spot in terms of age, but demographically I think we're slanted about like sixty five percent female um so that's kind of like where we're hitting but the the main thing with all of my clients what they have in common is that they're all they're all professionals they all have well established careers or families um they're they're just really busy with life so it's an efficiency thing that they all have in common, that they need something that's something that they can commit to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Maximizing, you know, their value for the time. So I love that. Um, So, yeah, so you're offering, you know, those those quick, efficient 30 minute trainings Um, leads me to
2: my next question. How many members do you currently serve right at this time? So in my studio, we're training roughly 300 people a week. Um, And I think, most other studios at DS, since mine is still growing, well, i have only in business for a year, but some of our top performing studios are training about 600 people a week. Wow. And is that like, so
1: is, is, is it membership based? Is it like package based? Like how do they, how do they, you know, become a member at your facility?
2: Yeah, we don't really do memberships or packages. What we do is like an auto pay system where they just pay in advance for their time with the trainer. So typically we just set people up on if they want to train twice a week, like we recommend or the, the science recommends. Um, we just put them on eight sessions a month and it just auto renews until they tell us to stop, but there's no starting costs, cancellation fees, commitments. We like to think that we're easy to start, easy to quit, easy to come back to. Good motto. Good motto. Um, so how big is your facility? What square footage do you work with? 2000 square feet. Okay. So it's, it's intimate. Uh, and that's uh, yeah kind of the absolutely and when, when discover strength is doing their franchising and the way they're kind of helping people buy franchises they're trying to find a model within anywhere between 1400 and maybe 2400 square feet 1400 might be a little small but um a smaller footprint and maximizing essentially the dollars per square foot that you can generate and pump out of your studio
1: yeah I, I think a lot i think a lot of franchises try to do that like orange theory specifically they're like some buildings are like, you know, 2,200 square feet or 24 and you just try to put as much as you can, but still, you know, utilize the space efficiently.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I squeezed in 24 pieces of equipment on my floor. Like they're, they're all side by side and it's organized just, just right to get around. That's right. Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, so w- with your current clients, obviously you said some are hitting over 600, you know, where you are right now and where you want to be, where, you know, where would you like to be?
2: Yeah, so we have, I mean, Discover Strength does a really good job of helping their franchisees plan out goals that are going to be tailored towards like a 10-year goal, a three-year goal, uh, and a one-year goal. It all stems back to a business model that we use called Traction, but our my goal for what I want to do in terms of my 10-year plan, I want to open three more locations. I want roughly $4.5 million in revenue per year, um, somewhere in maybe the three-year plan Um, it might just be crushing on one and a half million dollars out of my own studio in here in Maple Grove. And then this year my goal is like eight hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Um yeah, kind of somewhere in there. Cool, man. Um
1: no, that's great. Those are you know, it's it's good to plan out goals like that and you know, have yourself a vision because that helps keep you accountable. Yeah. Um, So with with your current setup, um, where do you feel? you know, like where you are right now and where you want to be, do, what do you feel is like the biggest hiccup or, you know, what, what do you feel is like holding back from getting to that point?
2: Um, I think uh, the biggest struggle is always going to be trying to help Mark with marketing, Um, okay. trying to find a, a solution within marketing that actually creates results. Um, We see so much, so much progress coming from just the, so like, referrals and meet like little social networking groups that are coming in. But um, I think if we could kind of figure out how digital marketing was actually supposed to go and produce the results that other events do, I think that'd be like our biggest shortcoming is, is that, but otherwise, I think it's just time in the seat. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to do as well as I was doing within the first year. Um, So it's you know, I'm just, I'm just starting year two, right. I opened and, you know, January or last, last December. Time. So December of 2020.
1: Yeah. No, that's good. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's like an eye opener and it's like, you see, you see where you've done what you've done right now. And it's like, okay, I want more, but you also have right. the vision behind it where it's like, I really want to maximize people's time and help them. in, you know, the best way that I can um, going back to marketing, you know, what, tell me, what, what are some of the things you're doing right now and how's that working out?
2: Yeah. So I mean, the most successful things when we take a look at our year end P&L, we take a look at um, like where I personally get involved in my business. And that's like a BNI network. So plug for BNI. Um, and then um, the local chamber of commerce. And then there's another local marketing, a local business networking group. And so I got involved in these three little groups and Uh, They meet weekly and monthly and all kinds of stuff. And we just get together for these events. And I just share with everyone what my business is and invite them to try it. And it really stemmed and they really got a lot of them to come and try it to become sales reps for me, ultimately, you know, passively. They're going to talk to their friends and family and say, oh, yeah, if you need a gym, I know a guy named Brad over here doing Discover Strength. And he'll, you know, he'll give you a free workout and you can try it to see if you like it. And that's been really helpful. And when we look at dollars per dollar, like dollars spent versus dollars gained, there's no comparison. Like, I think I spent in total $1,700 on local marketing events and on those those groups. And uh, man, I don't know, 60 of my clients come from there. So that's, that's working the best. Um, what's working also is... Um, a direct mailing campaign so we send out mailers flyers little postcards that are you know uh, eight inches long or something like that they go to door to door uh and they sit you know on people's house or sit on people's like tables inside their house until they throw them away but there's an invite to come work out and check out the studio and these mailers we didn't just do it because we we're just trying to guess to figure out it would work we actually brought in a data analytics company to tell us what some of the demographics are behind some of our clients and what their behavior patterns are. And we found out that many of our clients still prefer direct mail as, as a nice lead source. So we started throwing some money into that and um, it's paid itself back. um, But it's not, it's not as pound for pound as strong as just me personally getting out there and shaking a bunch of hands and inviting people. Yeah. um, Putting a face
1: to the, to the company. Right.
2: Yeah. But I mean, I think any business owner should know that, you know, you have to be kind of responsible for it and you have to get out and like be a part of it. So
1: I do that. No, I I love that. You know, being, you know, my thing was, you know, when you're working for someone, it's like, are they, are they painting the vision for you? Like, are they saying, Hey, look, this is where we're going. This is the things that I'm doing. And then it's like, you see that and then people see the owner out in the community like oh man this guy's so good and it's, it just feels so good so the the fact that you're getting you know like kind of like word of mouth like local like organic referrals that's really really good um have you ever done any type of paid advertising
2: uh yeah i mean discover strength so the the corporate discover strength has um a really good idea and, and a very good professional team leading the and, and driving this thing um so we get on like um, news broadcasts on like major news broadcasts in in the Minneapolis area, um, and then we have a bunch of Google ads that are running. We have a prof- We have a we pay. We outsource a marketing team to um, to do our our marketing for our digital ads, Facebook, Google, Instagram, stuff like that. So we're really all encompassing with that. There's a lot of things that. They're, thankfully they're doing from the corporate side that gives me some extra cover and some relief so i can focus really on more what's local for myself
1: yeah and is that like is there like corporate structure is that all included in like i guess like part of like the build-up of the company like it comes yeah. with
2: okay yep yep it's really it's really kind of convenient we we do about two percent of our marketing um to this global spend so uh there's, you know, obviously with a franchise, you have royalties, you pay, and then we have about 2% that we contribute of our revenues towards this local market or this global marketing. And uh, that, that's what gives us some coverage, some better Google ad coverage and things like that.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like with Discover Strength, like they you know, every, every franchise typically has like a, you know, a, a, a go-to person. Do you feel like their, their marketing core is beneficial are you seeing good turnout and and lead gen and quality leads coming in through your door
2: yeah i mean we have i mean we have a lot of support that goes in there but um that's the, the struggle with me in marketing is that i don't understand it as well as i should um just because it's a new concept to me and for me i'm a I'm part of the business model where i'll pay you when you do something for me as opposed to marketing which is give me all your money and then if it works it works like so right. um, like That way it's
1: like, here, like, give me this. And then I'll show you what I do. Versus mm-hmm. like, okay, look, you're, you're reputable.
2: You know, like I know that you're going to help. Yeah. So marketing is always going to be a struggle from that sense. just yeah. Because I can't wrap my head around giving people money and not guaranteeing me something in, in return. Um, but as we start to look at the, the long term, and I'm starting to see how these effects start to like weigh on itself. If we didn't spend that money in the long run, less people would know about us whether they found us through Google and then they drove by my studio and then they got a mailer in the thing and then they, they met me in person or they met one of my clients, like then it's all gonna kind of encompass itself and come back together. So if you're not spending money in multiple different ways, you're never gonna have that big pop at the end. And that end might be two years later where it all comes to fruition. But that's kind of how my thought is in marketing now. And that is like, it's, it's like a longer investment and it just better pay off <laughs> so I yeah. paint the seed now let
0: it
1: nurture let it grow and then as soon you start see little sprouts and then eventually it's you know a nice big flower building what's,
2: what's that quote it's the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago the second best time to plant a tree is now
1: yep yep love it um so with you know talk to me about like you know current you know like you said um 300, you know, you want to get some gyms are going over 600, you want to open up, you know, all your revenue and everything. Um what are like for and I know some of our listeners like to, you know, hear this but like you said marketing is a big struggle. Um how is retention inside of D or um excuse me, discover strength?
2: Uh it's it's great actually. Um I coming into the industry not having been a personal trainer, uh, I heard that people lapse and going through my certifications and stuff I read about people lapsing typically like, you know, if you can get a client on for six months, um, typically there's some behavior patterns and changes in their life that actually make them more committed to keep going. Um, and we have so many clients of us that have been been with us for years. Um, I mean, I've got clients from day one when I opened who have not left. And, um, in my studio, we're roughly holding on to like 86% retention at the moment. Um, and I think discover strength across the board is right around that same, same benchmark. So we hold on to quite a few that we retain or quite a few that, that, um, sign up with us. So, yeah, what,
1: what would you feel is like the biggest retention factor for like your facility? Is it you just your interaction and the efficiency of the workout itself? Like kind of t- talk me through that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to really come down to our customer service focus. And there's a lot of components that go into this, because if you ask anyone from like corporate discover strength, they're going to tell you that we're not a fitness company. We're a customer service company that does fitness. So we do a lot of things that measure the the amount of involvement our clients might have in giving referrals to us. It's called the net promoter score or NPS. Some people might be familiar with that. Um, And so we really kind of tailor our business to like, having this strong customer service focus that we might have the highest score possible in this net promoter score. What most people to give some perspective of what these numbers look like, most gyms, most fitness studio companies on a scale of negative to negative 100 to 100 score between 20, 30, maybe 40 on the high end for the net promoter score about how willing their clients are willing to refer their business to others. And you're busy, you're, you're top in the industries, like your nineties and stuff like that are, like your Disney, your Lexus companies like that are performing at that high standard discover strength is at 95. Like we're darn near perfect when it comes to customer service and the experience that our clients get when they come in our doors and when they leave and the work out that they feel. Um, so we measure that. But I think if there's one thing that we do that no one else does to the same degree, is that something so simple the simplest thing that anyone can do who's running their business right now can do like today. It's a warm greeting and a fond farewell. Say their name when they walk in, welcome them in. And then when they're leaving, thank them, but use their name when you do it. And I think that just changes everyone's mindset. They feel welcome. They feel a part of it. And even though they were only working out with one trainer the entire time, when six of my other trainers echo back thanks mary for coming in as they're leaving it's just this powerful moment where they just one more thing that felt really good they heard their name spot
1: on love it it's like you know going through uh you know nasa personal trance you get 20 seconds to make a great first impression yep All Right after that impression is there they are already going to cultivate formulate some type of idea where you know they're like okay i like this person I like Oh, i'm kind of sketched out um so that's good i uh love love the retention process there um so going back to you know we're talking about growth and everything what is like the you know and I could have asked this in the beginning but what is like the onboarding process like I know that you said like they come in they do the 30-minute workout but like what is like from the moment they walk into the door like what's to be expected there
2: yeah um so every first workout with us is a free introductory workout and I Personally, I prefer to do as many of them as I possibly can. Cause I like to get to know my clients. I like to give them the opportunity to meet, you know, the owner as if it was some prestigious title. It's not, but as if it was right. So I like to do that. And so we spend time going through an explanation of what my business is all about. We do it entirely uh, full body workout in that time frame. I abbreviate it. So we only do about seven exercises. Normally we'd do it between 10 to 12 in a normal workout. Um, and we get to show them what it's like to go to momentary muscle failure and to work with a, a, you know, an exercise physiologist who's right next to them the entire time, fixing every mistake, giving them pre-exercise instruction, talking about what muscle groups we're gonna be working and talking about how to make a, a neurological connection with that muscle group. Like if we're trying to work the pectoral muscle, how we're trying to get that muscle to activate and feel it, make that contraction. We're spending time doing that. And once people feel Muscle groups moving in a full range of motion for the first time to failure—it's it's pretty empowering. Um, so that's what our introductory workout is—is is just you know forty-five minutes ish ish uh, of that. That's good. It's it's like it's giving
1: almost like a quick breakdown of you know, hey, these are to be expected, but you know, you're giving the education and the science behind it, so they kind of like you said, understand. What it is like, oh, when I do this, oh, my biceps contracting. That's how that feels. This is what happens during that contraction, kind of thing. Um, uh, knowledge is power. Um, so obviously, you've been in business for a little bit now. Um, you know, what is, you know, a 10 year goal, but what is the timeline between now and, let's say, at the end of this year? Where would you like your facility to be at in terms of, I know you said 800? I think it was 800 in revenue, 800,000. Um, you know, what things are working inside of your facility and what things do you think could be better, you know, as you go throughout the year?
2: Yeah. So, um, my goals, I make them as realistic as possible. I do not like goal setting in, in terms of people just throwing up numbers. And so my stuff is all built on just some simple math, like, uh, I took a look at how much we were growing clients per week and I just decided, okay, well, on average, we're getting like two or three new clients that we're, you know, we're growing the studio by two or three new clients every week. Well, if that just continues, if that's our standard way of practice, let's just keep that going and and kind of let things fall in the way, fall where they will. And that's where that $800,000 came, um, came from. But um, I think when it comes to making my improvements to make sure I get there, um, for us, I think it's about, education and knowledge of our trainers and how valuable our trainers are so if i can have my staff continuing on their kind of their career growth plan we found that the more we can educate our trainers the more knowledge we can give them the more passionate they become about their job which leads to them staying within the industry longer and then also helping our clients keep these relationships with their trainers going longer and then They get out of that lapse window. That's The client's getting out of that six-month window where they're just not sure if they're going to stay into a fitness program or not. Because my clients or my trainers are still working with me. I haven't lost a single trainer since I opened. And they all tell me they're really happy with what's going on. But it's because we're educating them and putting a big focus on that, making them more intelligent and spending more time digging into the science behind fitness and muscle and breaking down and growing muscle mass. I
1: love it. That's, yeah. That's how I felt when I was, you know, in the gym stuff. It's like you're here. You're here to, you know, do your position. But it's like, what kind of value are you getting on the outside of things? Like, are you getting personal knowledge or education to make yourself better, which is going to lead you to, you know, maybe go do your own thing one day? Or, yep. you know, h- how is your owner group or you know business group, you know, investing in you?
2: Yep. And I think that I think the clients really really gravitate towards that. When they sit down in the introductory workout, like with me, for example, I'll go into what makes Discover Strength unique. And the first thing I talk about is how my trainers are experts in their field. And in order to even work for me, you have to have a bachelor's degree in exercise science, kinesiology, or exercise physiology. Um, and some of my employees have master's degrees in kinesiology. So that's like the, that's the bare minimum. Then in addition to that, then my trainers have to go get their ACSM certification, making them an exercise physiologist. And that's within first, their first six months of working for me. And then there's additional things like being part of like a clinical rotation where they learn under the same modality under somebody else. Um, they'll be part of research studies. Um, there's constantly things that they're going to be books. They're going to be reading journals they are going to be reading things like that. And when I explain that one first unique thing to the clients, they realize, oh, these aren't just personal trainers at the gym. These are professionals that are going to be hands-on with me. These people know things. And I think that that makes a big difference between what we do and what what other gyms are doing. And then also the retention of trainers in the industry in its whole. Like I think, I think we're on to something.
1: No, absolutely. I literally, it's like, as I'm talking to you and having this conversation um, here on our podcast or everything, it's just like, it's all the things that I thought about when I was going through like, you know, different studios and stuff. And I was like, man, like just nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's all oh, absolutely amazing. Um, let me ask you this with, you know, everything that's going on right now, like, you know, let's dive into you a little bit when it comes into the business, you know, how much time do you feel that you're, and obviously it's your business, right? But, do you feel like you're able to balance all the, the, the journey of, you know, putting into the business and then, you know, on your personal side, like, you know, are you able to still, you know, do what you need to do without feeling like you're just exhausting everything into this business
2: and not having that good balance? So here's, here's a plug for Discover Strength, who's franchising, looking for more franchisees. And that is, I didn't know starting a fitness studio could be this easy. And I, and I hear so many people on your, on your guys' podcast listening to how much effort and work and stuff they put in and how much just they're tirelessly working at it. And I'm going, nah, I haven't had any stress from building a business up from the ground. The playbook came to me and I just ran with it and implemented it. And it just played itself out to success. So in terms of hours I'm putting in, I'm putting in 40 hours a week, like everybody else in terms of like real effort. Like I'm probably in the studio, like five hours a day, um, probably outside of it, working on things or getting trying to get stuff done, you know, another couple hours for sure. Uh, But, you know, it's just been my intent, I guess, was to have my recruiting profession, my former career continuing on and having to do recruitment. Um, I even thought I was going to start a second business, which was resistance exercise recruiting for the fitness industry, finding trainers and bringing, bringing the best trainers to studios under the same modality as discover strength um, and make that go. But my studio has been doing well enough where I haven't had to do any of those other tasks to make my personal life in line with what it used to be. When I made this career switch, The, the business is doing fine enough where I can just keep giving my time to it as, as it's needed. And it keeps producing.
1: No, that and that's great. And that's, uh, that's going to lead me into a question here in a moment. But um, that, you know, it's always good to hear because there are those stories where it's like, oh, I lived out of my car, I spent 80 hours, you know, and all these other things. And like, yeah. depending on, you know, there's no, that's not that's, I don't think there's really like a right or wrong way to do it. It's just, you know, everybody's journey looks a little bit different, you know, whether they're starting from like ground up, full building, multiple buildings, you know, whatever the case is, or, you know, doing like a franchise that's already laid out. So Um, I think either either way, either journey is, you know, really good learning experience. Um, As you grow, so overall goals, you know, you want to get three locations total, what's that going to look like once you get close to that as far as like, you know, increasing employees, um, you know, increased revenue, more tasks at hand, you know, with juggling multiple studios, what's that going to look like for you once you get into that position?
2: Yeah, it's a great question because the idea of opening now three more locations, it's a new goal for us. We just set it. We just decided we're going to do it. We decided we're going to go even bigger than we thought we were going to go. And I'm not going to bring it to Minnesota. I'm going to go out of state with it. Um, so it'd be even extra stressed to trying to figure out how do we launch three more businesses outside of Minnesota. Um, so I'll be commuting and traveling and on bouncing yeah. know, back and forth. And But for me, my strong suit was recruitment like that was where my my 10 year career was and you know it was not in like contract work it was it was headhunting and it was pulling people out of jobs and putting them into better jobs by convincing them to go do it so for me finding people and selling them on the idea of working for me when i know my comp plan is better and i know how to find whatever emotional strings i need to tug on to make someone make a, a career change i can do that and so for me finding my own employees was effortless and for me finding employees in any city in the country is going to be just the same. Um, the same tactics I use, I'll just use them again. So for me, um, one of my current, like probably one of my staff members might even be interested in, in helping me launch these and helping me manage them. So that might be a resource I can tap into, but, um, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be a problem, I guess.
1: Yeah. No, it sounds like, you know, your expertise is, uh, you know, carried you along the way and you got great insight on, you know, how to to find this talent. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, you know, who you need and what you need and, you know, how that's going to transpire, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so leading into my, one of my last questions here before we head out is um, two things. First one is I know we talked about, you know, discover strength and how easy it was and effort it was, but for all the listeners listening out here right now, Brad, if you could just kind of, you know, maybe somebody wants to start a business, or if they're, you know, on the fence of they have this vision and they want to do it, but they don't know how. Could you just maybe shed some insight on, you know, your, your experience just from like being in your tenure career and then jumping ship to starting a business, like the feelings, the thoughts, like like what could you shed on some insight for our listeners?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I knew I loved strength training. I knew I loved bodybuilding um, and kind of being a part of those things. So it kind comes of kind of like that motivating factor, like how can you get paid to do exactly what you love every day? And so if you have that, that itch to, to do that, if that's burning inside you, like to pursue it, you absolutely should. If you're concerned on having a business model, that's going to be successful and you don't want to fail. Well, you know, feel free to reach out to me and, and we'll talk about franchising with discover strength. I'll give you all the, I'll, I'll give you my time to talk to you about opening your own franchise or doing something like that where there already is a proven business model um those exist so if you want to be in the fitness space and have something that works that's out there if you want to do your own thing great there's there's all all kinds of people that want to do their own thing and be you know master of their own universe kind of thing but um that if that itch is burning where you're not quite happy with what you're doing and you need to be more passionate about how you're making your money i mean rip the bandaid off just do it
1: and there it is the 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 one answer just do it <laughs> right. Well, awesome, Brad. Um, go ahead and uh, do us a favor. And how can our listeners reach you? Like, if they're in the area or close by, like, give them your Insta handles or social handles, um, websites. How can they get a hold of um Discover Strength?
2: Yeah. So, um, the fastest way is to go to discoverstrength.com. Um, and that's also our Facebook and Instagram is slash Discover Strength. Um, to get in contact with me, you can email me at brad s at discoverstrength.com. Um, but yeah, our website will will share a lot of information about what we do and how we do it. Awesome. Well, hey, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Um, thank
1: you for tuning in and listening and learning about Brad and you know how everything he's done. Um, if you want to be on our podcast, feel free to click on the link, type in information, and we'll be in touch soon. Until
0: then, Jim Lords out. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the one and only
4: Rod Moore out of Fairfield, Alabama. Rod, what's going on, man? How are you? JJ, what's up, man? Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm excited for our talk today, man. (laughs) Let's go,
3: man. Let's dive right into it. And before we dive into everything uh, and what you have going on at your facility, how you run it, first, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of the people and what made you get started with the gym in the first place?
4: All uh, right, yeah, so just backstory, uh, so I'm 27 now. When I was 16, I fractured my ankle playing basketball. I was a high school athlete played basketball, and from then, I, I just kind of figured that, hey, you know, I might not go to the collegiate level, definitely not professional level. I was just kind of switching gears. But I wanted to stay around athletes, and I figured that if I had better coaching, like better trainers at the school, then I probably would have, because it was a hairline fracture, and I kept spraining it all the time. So I figured, okay, if I had better trainers, that probably could have prevented it. So two years out, I had uh, two family members die to health-related issues. So that made me switch from working with athletes to just, you know, the everyday person. And that's, you know, just a short story of how I got started into the fitness. And I tried different models. I tried big group classes. I've tried, um, you know, just private one-on-one. I've tried CrossFit, you know, many different styles. And I found that I like more private, semi-private, almost studio style better for me personally. So that's why I'm modeling. But that's how I got started into training. Did I answer your question?
3: Yeah, totally. Totally, Rod. And I think... uh one thing I always like to ask, right? And I'll use myself as the avatar. So if I walked into your gym and I, there was like a list, right? What options of services would I have to choose from? Like what services do you guys offer basically?
4: Right. Okay. So you can tr- private or semi-private.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, at this point, how many members would you guys say you're at now?
4: Well, uh, approximately 60, give or take.
3: And so for each class, or for whichever one I chose would I have to pay a different price or what would I on average what would I have to pay to get started
4: right so if you did semi-private that would be about 250 a month um, just on average sometimes we package it up to you know four months six months or a year maybe give a discount Um, and then for private it would start at 400 a month it just depends on the sessions how many times a week something like that so that starts about a commitment of at least three months so it's about 1200 dollars starting off and then it can go up to six months a year or or longer just depending on your goals and what's your commitment yeah.
3: nice good and um i mean do you think uh, at that rate um that average price do you want to eventually raise that or do you think that's a good rate at what you're
4: at now no i actually would like to raise it and i've been i'm sorry about that been in the process of doing so some of it is the area so I, I doing researching, you may be wrong, um, you might tell me different, but most people don't want to travel more than like five, 10 miles from home to the gym and where the gym is located, that's, a, that's kind of a higher price point for where the people are. So now just working on a different model or I don't know what I don't know to get people in or that will want to come that would want to pay a uh, higher price point because I've had people paid higher, but I went to them.
3: Gotcha, I gotcha, yeah, yeah. And so that brings me to my next question, right? Uh, so, Ron, how do you guys go about finding new clients, right? Um, I mean, obviously, referrals and word of mouth are great, but um, anything else that you guys use that's a little different to find new clients?
4: Not really. My specific thing would be definitely referrals and word of mouth, but I, I like to go hang out at hotels and find groups of people or just insert myself, you know, around people that's doing so. whether it's a real estate event or like whatever type of event is going on. I like to go there where Smart. my business and you know, just kind of offer my service when I'm learning myself, you know, how everybody does their business. Cause you kind of take, you know, what you like and implement what you don't like and keep out, but then you can also get clients there. Um, I've tried, uh, well I've hired a marketing agency before. Um, I believe in them that just didn't work out. Um, And then also I I went twice. The first time it was me, Uh, it was uh, money. (laughs) I didn't have enough money to keep it rolling. And second time, it just didn't work out
3: yeah 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 and uh what would be that so let's say for example traffic was unlimited what would be that maximum number of like clients that you guys can handle
4: 200 uh that's what i have i have two other trainers on staff that really just need stuff to do so i, I passed them <laughs> to my clients, so it's just on me to to fill up fill the gym gotcha
3: so, Gotcha.
4: And so like, let's take a step back before I,
3: before I even became a client, right? Let's say I'm interested in joining. I'm a lead mm-hmm. and I want to join. So tell me about that sales process or that client journey for lack of a better term right. of coming in as someone who's interested in wanting to sign up to actually being sold to service and actually signing up.
4: Walk me okay. through that. Are you walking in the gym or am I'm just getting your contact or, or? Either or whichever, whatever, whatever you want. Cool. So if, let's say I just get your contact information for whatever you go through a client intake form, that information, uh, me or somebody will reach out to them it's just kind of like a discovery call process. Then we'll book. And sometimes well either I will book them depending on if it's came from a referral, if it's kind of warm, we'll just go ahead and sell the service. Then if it's pretty cold, then we'll invite them in for a free workout. Uh, from the free workout, give feedback, offer feedback, and just kind of give them direction on um, which, which way they would like to go. So that's, that's nice. the initial process. And then let's say about two weeks in, um, we'll do a check-in and then see if there's any supplements or, or something that we make an offer. Um, and then about four weeks in, we'll start asking for referrals. And then we'll do that like once every month for at least the first three months. As they're getting results or getting the win, then we are
3: kind of asked. Nice, yeah. And do you do all the selling yourself?
4: Most of it, yeah.
3: Nice, nice. And, and so Rod, what I'll say here, I like to turn the tables and, and kind of have you self-reflect on yourself and what you do. So uh, in, in business, there's about five pillars of business that we use in a general business, right? But in the fitness industry or the gym industry, we typically use three more than often than any of the other five. Uh, which would essentially be lead generation, which is your marketing, right? Getting the interest of somebody who's joining lead acquisition, which is your sales, which is acquiring the actual client. And then retention and Ascension, which is retention is basically keeping the client and Ascension is keeping them by like, getting them to spend more money with you along the process, right? Up sales. So of those three,
4: which one do you feel like you can improve on the most? Every last one of them, just me, honest. I love that. Yeah. I love been, that. Uh, the lead generation would be the, the biggest because that's what that's what we just need. Um, just more leads than qualified leads. And then there we can, I guess, play with the rest of it and see exactly where we could get better at in the acquisition, retention, and decision process, but starting with lead generation for sure.
3: I love that. And um now, just out of curiosity, if do you think that going in the direction of advertising and social media would be the direction to get you there faster? Or do you think that there's another alternative that you're considering?
4: Um, sure is other alternatives. I, I, I think that you, you don't know what you don't know and sometimes you're just not good, right? <laughs> so the, as far as social media and uh, that form of advertising, been doing it, but not that effectively that I would say, or just comparing to other people that I see, and then other stuff I just not aware of yet. I got You, I, uh, you know, what? one thing I got,
3: I got, I got to give you kudos here to Rod is is you, the you're willing to put your pride to the side and and, and be honest with yourself. And I yeah. think that's amazing. You know what I mean? I think not a lot of gym owners will come on here and admit that they can improve on certain places. They think that you know, me getting two clients a month is great, but. You're honest with the show, You know that you can. You could always do better, and I knew that from the jump, man. You're gonna be. You're you're a smart guy, Rod. I can tell you, man. And the shirt. The shirt told it all. How you present yourself tells <laughs> it all, man. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, man. Um, and then on the topic of retention and ascension, right? Um, how do you guys go about tracking, you know, um, new clients? How long they've been there, and then, you know, if they decide to stay or not stay? How do you guys track that information?
4: I usually uh, use a, because I did more of a hybrid system. I didn't say that. So um, i use Trainerize for the app. Not sure if you heard of that Uh, one. Yeah, of course. So it would track mostly through there. So I do a weekly check-in, like send out automatically. And initially I'll tell them, like, if they say, I want to, you know, say for 12 weeks, we're already checking in. And then now when the 12 week mark is is a process, I mean, it's a question of, do I need to continue to get results with you? Do I want to go online or, hey, this wasn't really worth my time. I didn't get what I felt like I needed to get here and I'm going to go somewhere else. So from that point, we just just keep on tracking exactly what they're doing uh, from there.
3: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And on the topic of Ascension, um, how many of your clients would you say invest in more than one product or service within your gym?
4: I would say at least 40%.
3: That's good. That's a good percentage. Yeah, the industry average is about ten percent, so that's good if you have that. Um, I think it's
4: because yeah. it's more of a private and intimate setting. It's Like we don't have a lot of clients, so uh, I mean, have clients, but I would, it wouldn't just be like a lot, right? Um, so and oh, I, I got think you. it's really relationship and just saying like, hey, I would do that. You know, like that would help major. you get here to go.
3: <laughs> and they trust you. They trust you, and I think that's major.
4: And then, and then hey, if you don't trust me, your friend did it. Ask her, right?
3: exactly (laughs) you know you know the key here man that's awesome (laughs) stuff there man and and rod one last question for you here man what's the big goal for you guys what's the big goal for the gym what's the bigger picture what do you guys want to accomplish
4: want to fill it out and get ourselves out the gym you know both of us starting to want looking at other opportunities and things definitely love the gym um but you know got to get people in place to to want to fill it up and then put get ourselves out of outside of just in the gym want to start working on the business as well
3: that's awesome rod look rod i think that's a good place to start wrapping things up on this episode but before we sign out here rod you know where can people find you shout out your website man shout out your instagram what do you have
4: yeah so um my instagram is coach rod Moore. that's c-o-a-c-h-r-o-d-m-o-o-r-e um and i'm giving you my business part instagram as well it's the best place to find us one second he just changed his name Sure thing. all right so it's in broad we trust so i n as in nancy b as in boy r o d and then we w e trust t-r-u-s-t so in broad we trust is my business partner page best place to find us
3: i love it man i love it rod well look rod we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road and to everyone who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes Hit that like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us and talking about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you as soon as possible. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors.
5: Welcome back guys to the Gym Lords podcast where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host Austin Montero joined today by Don Fields from Build by Don Fields in Alexandria, Louisiana. Don, how are we doing today, man? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing great, man. Doing great. Thank you for coming on. I am looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Industry expert, right? Industry veteran. So like really cool to hear just your story, man. And like the, uh, you know, the changes you've seen in this industry over the past, you know, 30 plus years. So I know your facility here has been open for about that 30 years, right? In Louisiana. In, right. uh, so just talk to us, Don, and the listeners, like how you got started in the business and in the industry, kind of what that whole journey has been like and was like for you.
6: Well, the thing about that is initially my whole thing was coaching and teaching. You know, I played uh, college football, I played for Hillsdale College. And um, I was an offensive lineman at six foot one, and I was undersized, you know, all through high school and also in college. So I had to hit the weights. So I enjoyed lifting weights, had no idea what the heck I was doing, and neither did they, Um, and then went out of college and coached high school uh, for two years at South Bend St. Joe, which is the high school connected to Notre Dame. Uh, you had yeah. Notre Dame and St. Mary's and Holy Cross and St. Joe was the high school okay. and I coached there for a while and I enjoyed it. I loved the kids is what I love doing. And, I, you know, uh, started working with weightlifting with them, coached football, wrestling and track, uh, decided I wanted a little bit more. Uh, uh, there was a strength coach's seminar and I went to it uh, as a high school coach. And what he had to say just ignited it's like this is what i want to do this is what i want to do and i ended up walking into long story short uh walking into the weight room at the university of texas with my resume in my hand and slapped it down on the table and said hey i want to do this uh luckily for me he said yes uh luckily for me his name was dana Leduc and he was a Olympic shot putter for the United States. And on his staff was Bishop Dolagevich, who was Canadian shot putter, Oscar Jacobson, who was the Icelandic uh, shot putter, and Robbie Robinson, who was an American alternate shot putter. And during that time, I got to work with the football team and all the different sports and those kind of things and learned a lot because at that point in time, Austin was a mecca for all the Olympic athletes. Um, And I wanted to be a strength coach. So year and a half into it, got my degree, got ready to roll, kept trying to get strength coaching jobs. And at that point in time, you got to realize this is, you know, 82, 83, 81. And the industry as you see it now did not exist. Okay, you've heard of the national strength coaching certification yes, yes. yes. okay yes. while I was at Texas if I would have filled out the form and answered five questions I'd have been certified
5: okay, okay. because
6: of my degree and because of where I was I yes. would have grandfathered in gotcha. yeah it's a little bit further than that now um, so but I kept stumbling into because again remember this this industry as far as a strength coach was you had one strength coach and you had some GAs and that was about it and not every school had them. Um, so I got tired of waiting and I went to work at a gym there in Austin, uh, Supreme Court and racquetball, worked my way up, ended up being the CEO over five, you know, 20,000 square foot gyms all throughout Austin. And when Austin blew up in 85, 86, I blew up with it uh, and ended up not having, you know, I was like, oh, shoot, now how am I gonna make money? Um, the guys that were at Texas when I was there. It's an interesting group um, that wanted me to train them. So I would train them. Uh and I kind of got kicked off on it. I had a buddy of mine that had another gym, and then I started training other people and realized this is like 86, 87. Um, and the gentleman that I was working out was like Kelly Gruber who was a third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, Ron Reynolds, who was a catcher. And then there was another guy that some people knew that I, I knew a little bit when I was in Texas, uh, Roger Clements, yeah, people have heard of yeah, him. A yeah. Bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah, but they were the, they were the guys, right. you know, it's like, okay, if you're a high school coach and you have a room full of your athletes, they're your guys. These were just my, he was not, they, none of them were who they are to everybody else, They were just my guys, and I trained. Uh, I ended up moving, getting ready to get out of there, and and I moved to Alexandria, and I started a strength uh, camp here in the summer, and that evolved into a job at a local gym, which evolved into more personal training, and the personal training is really what I truly enjoyed, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be quite honest with you, and you know this, if you work for somebody else at their gym, you're never really gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. I mean, it's, it's great and it's money, but it's not the money that it could be. And my dream had always been to have my own gym. Um, and I slowly splintered off from them uh, doing the personal training and those kind of things. And one of my clients, uh, Rob Rayford, allowed me to be, put a gym in his office. Realized he had a very big office. Right, right. Big jet sitting outside that was mounted. So yeah, you know what I'm dealing with. And about a year and a half, two years into that, he looked at me and said, Don, you need to open a gym. He said, you're bringing 90 people in my office every day and they got to go. They, they just got to go. And uh, so I opened my gym. I was still doing the strength camp every summer. Uh, it's the, I'm coming up on the 35th annual strength camp. Um, and so that was going on and I opened my gym, uh, still doing personal training and understand that while I was at Texas, I worked with all the athletes. And of course, then there's the degree, but I was the one who wanted to work with the doctors on the rehab. Gotcha. So when they would send the guys up, I they would show do this, do that, do this, do that. So to this day, yes, I have athletes. I got a guy playing for the Steelers right now who was with Mm -hmm. me in the seventh grade. uh, John LeGlue, he just got his starting position with the Steelers this last go round. Um, And there's several of them that are out there, uh, have been out there. Um, And but in the same token, I can work with. Like I had one lady who has had a stroke had another person who has had, you know, a bad car accident. I had, you know, do neural. So I can do everything from a stroke victim all the way up to, you know, somebody in the NFL or in the Olympics, everything in between. And so the the gym that I have, you've seen pictures of it. It's it's an iron gym. You know, it's not pretty. Um, It can cover any gambit that you want. You know, there's a circuit uh, in there from the '80s. There's hammer strength. There's a big dumbbell room. There's bumpers and kettlebells, and the outside gym has your tires and your box jumps and everything you can imagine. So it
5: kind of covers the whole gambit. Sure, it looks pretty to me, Don. That's pretty to me. You know. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous to me exactly yeah you man i saw the what i was on your website earlier today and i was like oh yeah i like this is gonna be fun i like this so uh yeah obviously you've been an industry you know, industry veteran for a while what are some of the you talked about the certification changes just so what are the, some of the biggest changes you've seen over these past you know 30 40 years now within this industry you know from your from your experience
6: you know the interesting thing was way back when it was free weights yeah. everything was free weights and because that's basically all we had yeah and if you you know i worked out at a place and when i was playing ball back in south bend indiana called dave's gym and um they made a leg curl they you know we made Lap pulls, where you'd put a, a pulley up on top and a pulley down below and a pulley back up on top. And, you know, the lap poles was a weight stack that was lifted on a cord. And, right. you know, you were pulling it and doing that kind of stuff. And because uh, there were there were no other than a universal machine. There were no machines. There were no machines.
4: Right. And right.
6: that walked along for a long period of time. But then while I was in college, that's when Nautilus took off. Yep. Yep. And Nautilus, Nautilus was a game changer for the entire industry, um, in a lot of ways. Some good, some bad. Um, you know, the interesting thing with that is the nice thing about Nautilus is you were able to isolate even more than you could with dumbbells. I mean, yes, laying on a bench and doing flies, you can work on your chest. But in the same token, if you have a, pe- uh, a PEC deck or a cross cable, there's so many different angles that you can do to isolate directly on what you want to isolate. Um, you know, and that's where circuit came from. The circuit training came from. Um, you know, and there is th- that whole idea about a super circuit where you know, like, uh, the one the club that I u- worked at in Austin back in the early '60s had a tape going. Stop, move to the next machine. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. And then it would give you a 45-second interval and it would go stop. And you'd have 15 seconds to get to the next machine or get on the floor and do your supplementary lift and then go, but it was just continual all over. I'd go to sleep at night here and stop. Move to the next machine. Uh, just, but, but it was that circuit training that was going on. And that was a game changer. And Then you turned around and you had Nautilus where everyone was painting their stuff that blue color with Naugahyde, whether it was Nautilus or not. And then um, I believe it was Cybex that came out with the adjustable. And that changed what actually changed everything. Um, Because now somebody who was six foot seven could get in the same machine with somebody who was five foot one because you could adjust it. And as it went on, you got more changes and changes. And Cybex Eagle was like the first one that you really could isolate on range of motion and those kind of things. Um, So everyone started putting those in their deal. Well, then they, as I understand it, Cybex made their engineers angry. And they went down and talked to a little welding shop in Rain, Louisiana, just south from here. And then body master was born
5: okay
6: yep. and so at that time when in looking at that you know you've got people were doing stair masters and they were running on the treadmill and doing all that kind of stuff um as that started to evolve and go up and they started you know free weights are bad machines are better and so forth and so on and they started going further and further away from uh free weights and more nice. into machine not realizing the detriment of doing that. Um, and then you turn around and you get closer into the 2000s and that's when CrossFit started. And you know, the funny thing is to me, the basis of CrossFit uh, is exactly the same basis as the Nautilus super circuit. Right. The idea right. is to keep moving mm-hmm. and to push that heart rate. And what I like most about it is it does emphasize the one major thing of fitness level is that fast recovery heart rate. How high can you get it safely and how long does it take for it to return? That being able to oxygenate the body quickly is the true measure of fitness, however you do. You know that's that's the truest measure um and then so it, it goes from machines to this to free motion to blah 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 so forth and so on and it comes right back to free weights
3: yeah for sure free weights
6: and body but yeah, the sure. full circle and full it's circle. always going to come back to that it always is
5: it has to right and i, and I agree and uh yeah you're rattling off some of those equipment companies i have i have some body masters pieces in my garage so like it's uh it's still good stuff right it's in it, it holds up but yeah it all comes back to the free weight so uh, let's dive into you know the actual your business there, don built by don fields big space you guys have what 12 14000 square feet right in that neighborhood indoor yeah all,
6: all together all indoor outdoor
5: yeah yeah which um, is so yeah tell us about like your business model and what you guys do there
6: Okay, business model is real simple, and it comes from what it came from. I was doing the one-on-ones, and so I built a 3,600-square-foot facility to do my one-on-ones and eventually do my strength camps here and work with my athletes and my groups. When I went to go and get the loan for it, the loan officer looked at me and said, it's not big enough. I said, well, (laughs) Well, that's nice. I'm glad you said that, but. I'm not borrowing more money, not going to happen. And so I added on and added on and added on. But the basis of it originally was a place for me to do my one-on-ones without a gym owner standing over me, reaching in my pocket every five seconds. That was the initial premise of the whole thing. Um, And I opened it up for memberships. Well, the next thing I know, I got people all over the place. Yeah. So I start busting down walls, and I do construction myself, and started, you know, building more space. I, I had built my equipment, uh, you know, bought the steel and made the benches and all that. So to do that was not a big deal. So it has evolved to the point that there's three of us here. There's two other guys that train uh, clients here, and they make their money being a trainer. Yeah. I make yeah. my money off of them by them having their people join the club. Uh, so the train it's kind of like a co-op you come in and you use my facility what the facility needs from you is that membership sure what that facility needs for you as a trainer is watching over the gym you know uh, making sure it stays picked up making sure things are safe if you're over there looking and you see somebody doing something wrong you stop and you speak to them and explain it to Uh them in a nice manner Um, Uh, and so that's their part on it. My part on it is, it's once again, I'm doing my one-on-ones mm-hmm. and I don't have a gym, uh, a gym owner over my head reaching in my pocket. My pocket sure. is the pocket. And the gym does its own thing. I don't touch that money and All I right. do my thing. And unfortunately, the gym touches my money from time to time.
5: Right, right. Yeah. Of course. What uh... What is the day in the life for you like now, Don? I know you said you're still coaching, love training clients. Yeah. Uh, we're on a podcast now, obviously. What's like a typical, you know, Friday like for you? Uh,
6: Fridays are my easy day. I got here at four. Uh, my first one was at 4.30. Ooh. I ran all the way up to 30 minutes before we started. Yeah. Uh, now I'm sitting down here. Um, this is a Friday. Now Fridays are different. So I will be here and we'll be talking until we're done. And then I will go home. I have a beautiful wife, Kelly, and kids. And uh, my son is still in high school. Uh, He graduates this year. Um, And so my favorite pastime is building hot rods. I build cars and motorcycles and trucks and all that kind of stuff. But a typical day would be more like a Thursday where I got here on at four o'clock in the morning and my first client was by 430 and I'm rolling and I got somebody every half hour. I usually get a break about 1, one thirty, or 2, uh, somewhere in there. And then I start right back up at 3 and I go till about 5, 5.30 um, and then I have somebody come in that is doing nothing but watching over the gym. Uh, they clean it they scrub it they mop it every night uh put everything away spot people if they need it that kind of stuff and my trainers you know work out throughout the day and that's that's mine of course you know i come in on sunday mornings and i do all the week-long paperwork and that kind of stuff and make sure i'm prepped for the week not just business-wise but on my side uh tomorrow i'll come in until about 10 11 o'clock um if something needs to be fixed i'll come back and spend that time fixing it that that's yeah that's my day
5: a lot of hats wear a lot of hats can, you can hear me right i can hear you okay yeah it's a little crack over there but yeah don do you do 30 minute sessions i heard you say you do 30 minute sessions is they're all 30 minutes it depends it okay. depends on who i'm dealing with
6: okay uh a general session is 30 minutes
5: directly with me
6: yeah. um you they come in they get warmed up they get stretched out on things that i've taught them um, and realize it's it's a huge gambit of what i'm working with sure uh so they come in 15 minutes early get you know break a little sweat get rolling and we will hit it uh for 30 minutes and it depends on what i'm trying to do you know if i'm dealing with the general public that is just looking for looking better, good tone, that kind of thing uh, in a safe manner. It's what we used to call supersets and giant sets and they're bouncing all over the place and they're not stopping. Uh, and then when we get done with their 30 minutes, they get homework. Okay, now you need to go finish with this, this yeah. and this and this. And then you need to do some of them go on the step mill. Some of them go on a treadmill. Some of them have stuff to do outside. You know, it's just a matter of. So it ends up being an hour before it's over with. And <laughs> that depends. Now, my athletes, that's a different story. You know, they it, it, if they want strength, we focus on that. Or some of them come multiple days and we'll do this on this day, that on that day. Then there's mm-hmm. speed development uh, you know, where we'll pull out different things that I've learned over the years uh, mm-hmm. to work on the footwork and the balance. And then again, it depends on the sport. Um, and that's the thing, that's, I think that's the biggest thing where I have a problem in today's world with people who are supposedly training athletes right. that has a specific sport you know there is such a, a thing that you have to do there's things that you have to do you have to set a base you never take a kid and pull out the New York Yankees workout and say here we go I've seen it I've seen it I've seen it you know you got to set a base of strength and that's your squats and your bench and your dumbbells and your pull-ups and your back and your connective tissue and everything. It's got to be a slow blend upwards. And then, you know, it's got to be specificity of exercise, not just for the person, but for the sport that they're doing. You know, uh, the biggest story that I tell is I had a young man that went to LSU. If you notice, I don't know how much you follow that. They just removed the strength coach that had been there forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. This, this young man had been with me since the seventh grade. Yeah. And he was used to in the summer when I do the camp, you've got the linemen's workout is here and there's an abbreviation for defensive linemen versus offensive linemen, And then you've got the speed guys are over here and there's a abbreviation for those that throw and those that are DBs and receivers. And then you've got a running backs workout over here, which is close to that, but also close to the power. But they're depending on what kind of running back there are. And then there's a fourth category, which is hybrids. Hybrids are people who are linebackers, tight ends, fullbacks, but then they do multiple things. And all those workouts are all different because what is asked of them is totally different. And in today's world, I'm watching, and it's like he told me, I turned to them and said, said, well, where's the linebacker workout? And they went, well, no, that's the workout we all do. It yeah, That yeah. makes no sense. I, it makes I, no I, sense. Yeah. It makes no sense, not just in sports. It makes no sense for anybody. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like what I do with nutrition, there's no two people that are the same. <clears throat> there has to be the ability to abbreviate for someone who is very, very strong on the bench, but not very flexible and not very strong in your legs. There has to be a way to counterbalance that to get them even all the way around. And it's the same thing with when you're going through your workout, are you seriously looking at what you're working? This is a lesson that I learned in the early 80s when I was at Texas. We went up to see the strength coach with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, okay. one of the secrets of the Dallas Cowboys dynasty was they were the first ones to discover computers. And so when they were on the field, they could pull out this sheet and said, "Okay, it's first and 10 from the 30 yard line. They're in this formation. Uh, They're going to run a dive to the right.
5: Right. Right.
6: Well, he took that computer and he inputted his workout with what muscle groups that it did and Mm -hmm. this that and the other and what it spit out was okay you have an 80 percent load on your back but only a 30 percent load on your chest you have this percentage on your quad this percentage on your hamstring you're doing this percentage of static you're doing this percentage of ballistic so you've got to balance front and back. You've got to You know, the, the, there are so many things that you have to look at. You have to look at that of what you're doing. You have to look at what the load of the person is and where you're trying to go with them. You, you've got to make sure that you get the correct balances like hamstring to quadriceps. You know, if you're working squats and leg extensions and lunges and box jumps and blah, 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 and so forth and so on, and you're doing all these things for that quad and hip flexor and glute, But you're doing three sets of 10 on your hamstring. um, And and I'm sorry, your hamstring muscle to me, uh, I'm waiting for somebody to prove me wrong, is no different than your bicep. Oh, the
5: same thing.
6: That it works and what strengthens it is the same motion as doing your bicep. So any other motion doesn't work your hamstring. Yep. it's just it, it's all of that learning how to put all that and you do that with everybody no no matter who the person is and yeah. and go from there
5: yeah i love it i love uh yeah, i love your experience man and your knowledge um and i i couldn't agree with you more i'm interested don like with the 30-minute session are you able to like stack two clients in in the same hour I try not to Why not feel okay so you give that person that full power I control.
6: really I, okay you know I was blessed with the ability to be training you but see the room sure sure I can see the room you know and it's like it was one of the things when I coached football if we were to run a play I could step back and watch it and tell you what everybody did
5: right okay
6: it's just one of those things it's just one of those things i can do you know and that's one of the reasons why i have mirrors all over my gym
4: because
5: okay.
6: there'll be somebody in the back doing something wrong and say hey why not your feet out and they and they look at what there's like yeah, he's, yeah. he's watching he's always watching <laughs>
5: i've got eyes everywhere he sees it yeah. all i love it um don so like you, this gym has been open 30 years right so marketing i'm sure is interesting at this point like do you have a marketing strategy? Are you like, what is first, maybe what is the, uh, the open gym membership? What does that look like? How many folks do you have in in that program?
6: You know, I'm in the range of about three, 350, 400, somewhere in there. Uh, I would say that we get over 400 because of a lot of different reasons. You know, there are people that only walk in my door to do one-on-ones with me. Um, so the gym is actually being taken care of because I own the gym. So I don't always, you know, if it's, if it's somebody who comes in in a wheelchair and they come in three times a week and they don't use it, there's no other reason for them to use it. They just pay me to do the one-on-one and they go out the door. Right. Um, there, are, um, there are several things. Uh, weekly passes are big here. Uh, daily passes are big here mostly because i understand that i'm in alexander louisiana i am not in, you know in dallas uh day passes five bucks weeks passes ten bucks whether you live here whether you don't live here it doesn't matter that's that just is what it is um so that's a big cursor there's things that i would like to do to help the revenue i'm just not able to do that because i don't have this, the right staff to do. I don't have a staff to do that. To be sure. honest with you. Yeah. Um, so, and and I'm sorry. I just blank. What was your original
5: question? Oh no. Just going um, oh, yeah. after was the. Yeah, I know you do have open gym membership, PT side of the business. Right. Like two sides. Right. Of the business. And just like the marketing aspects, you've been open 30 years. Do you market, right. or is it kind of just like an organic? Yes, and,
6: and 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 that's an interesting thing. Depending on how far you want me to go with this. Because 30 years ago when I opened, right. okay, if you wanted somebody to see it, you put it in the newspaper. Right. If you wanted somebody to hear it, you put it on the local radio station. Right, right. And if you wanted to become an expert, you went yeah. on TV. Right. Okay. All of that was local. Yeah. And that's what I, I would do, uh, of course, word of mouth. Okay. Well, there is no newspaper anymore.
3: No.
6: Uh no one listens to local radio and all of tv is cable and if you put your stuff if you're in a small place like me and i put it on the tv it's a hundred miles away being seen by somebody else on cable which doesn't do me any good so the whole realm of going with the social media you know i have a website i have a facebook page that is for built by don fields i have one for myself uh, I do some marketing through, I used to do a bunch of marketing through Facebook until they got all squirrely. And then I kind of stopped that. Um, wow. and then, um, I hired a, a company that is doing my web page, but they're also doing all the things that, you know, the trigger words and those kind of things that, yeah. and, and they have done just a wonderful job for me. Yeah. Uh, and it makes, you know, it my if you google gyms in Alexandria, louisiana you know i'm number one or number two and that's what's fighting with very large corporations uh and hospitals and of course barney's gym is here in town um so you're fighting that national chain right
5: yeah yeah for sure are you uh with the facebook ads and obviously it's a massive platform right these days facebook instagram right yeah google spotify ads are now a thing um What's your experience been like with that, Don? You said it, it, it was good, and then you tried it recently and got a little weird and not didn't work so well. How much well, how much money have you gone down that road marketing budget-wise with, with those? Not, I really don't do that
6: much marketing, you know. And I'm gonna tell you this, and this is the honest to goodness truth. Right. I am I am blessed by the Lord and um, I've been here a long time. Right. And mm-hmm. they know me. Yeah. And if you know, um, all I got to do is get out. And when I walk through the grocery stores, I'm forever handing out guest passes and this, it's it's just a constant and it's, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, Yeah. yeah. So my marketing is still very strongly. And this is the thing that people forget. You know, you want to talk about marketing. You want to talk about what you have. Um, When I was working at the Supreme court in racquetball, in Austin. Uh, one of the owners uh, used to work for Jack LaLanne, Okay. back when Jack Lelane had his gyms and he told me something that Jack Lelane told him and I have never forgotten this and I tell all my people this and it's how I operate my business. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care.
5: thousand yep. uh, percent.
6: You know, so everybody walks in my gym and say, hey, how you doing? Fist bump to the kids, you know, toss them a towel, kind of watch what they're doing. Say, have you tried this, this, and this? Hey, you heard about this? Blah, 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 so forth and so on. Because so many people who are gym owners forget they're not the boss. I've been here for 30 years, and I'm not the boss of this place. The one who's the boss of this place is the people that are walking in the door. That's my boss, sure. you know, and I'm sure not going to piss off my boss because he's going to quit paying me.
5: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And,
6: and it's like people forget that. It's yeah. like, you know.
5: I agree, man. Yeah, Like, like uh, yeah. they pay the bills. We have to keep our members happy. It's what keeps it going. We're serving them, right? End of the day, we're serving them. And that brings me to like retention. So we've been there 30 years doing a thousand things right, you know, To I'm sure you've had members there probably from day one potentially, right? I yeah, do, so which, yes. Which yes. is awesome. And I think you kind of just touched on it, Don, but what do you see as like key indicators for good retention, for good member engagement, you know, within your within your community there at the gym? What helps retention? What keeps people coming back day after day, month after month, year after year, you know, through your experience there? To
6: a point, and it's the lesser point in the long run, it is what you have in the facility. Okay. as far as the equipment that and I've been here for and and I lift weights I still lift I got toys everywhere I mean it's it's jammed full of this and that and you know and and one of the things that you got to watch and again let me reemphasize this what you have in your facility is the lowest denominator of what retains people right it's the lowest the absolute lowest um, you know you have a nice shiny brand new treadmill well, that's great but if you don't motivate somebody to get on it and explain it to them and show all the stuff that you can do to it and show them some attention and show them some love it's just a nice shiny treadmill sitting in your doggone gym and people have those in their houses all over the place and they're not motivated to go get on them, you know um, but one of the things that I indicate because I'm getting ready to do some movements some, for some stuff that I want is that? And I was telling what I was some of the guys what I was going to do. I'm like, well, why are you doing it? And I said, okay, a gym is like a movie theater. It's all about butts in the seat. And if you got a piece of equipment that's taking up space and no one's getting in it, it needs to go. It needs to go. I don't care how much you pay for it. It's got to go. And you need to put something in there. Because you can transform a space in your gym by just putting the right thing in there that fits the needs of the people that you have mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. only way you know the needs of the people is if you're in there with them right. you know uh, every morning at four o'clock I do my first one at four thirty, and when I get done with them about 5 five thirty, my stuff goes on and I start my workout right in uh, with everybody you know and I'm right. in there training myself while talking to them but doing my they see me doing it. So sure. the lowest denominator is what you have in your facility. Yep. Above that is your cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Above that is cleanliness. Right. You know, they may not say anything. They may not, they may like the hole in the wall, gym, yeah. which is what I am, but they like that the floors are mopped every day. They like that the fact that it doesn't smell like, I've been here for 30 years. It doesn't smell like sweat. It I smells like Lysol. Is. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's clean. It's scrubbed you know, and that cleanliness so that it's open and inviting when they come in the door, that's important. Um, That's above what you have in there is how clean you keep it and how well you maintain it. Uh, That you don't have a piece of equipment that's broken for a year, still sitting there with a sign out of order and you haven't addressed it. Um, Then the most important thing Well, above that, above that would be having a staff that's in here that knows what they're talking about. You know, Uh Barney's gym has trainers that have taking a six hour fill in the blank certification. And that's about as much as they know. Somebody in there needs to know something. I've got another trainer that's here with me, Stephen Brooks, and he also has a master's in exercise physiology, I was at Texas he was at FIU. Um, and so it, it's you have to have a knowledge base, so that when they ask you a question, a question you can give them a correct response, and a lot of times you end up with a lot of people. And it ends up being a discussion and they ask this question well, because of this, this, this and this. And you've got to explain to the people why it is you do what you do. Don't just take them through. Don't pick up your phone and look at your phone as they're counting off their reps. Oh, go do this, this and this. And look back at your phone. Phone should be left to the front desk and you should be doing your gig. Um, and, and lastly, the most important thing is kind of like that TV show Cheers. You want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. You know, you know, there's a I had a guy that I was talking to that has a baseball thing here in town. And we were talking about doing some different things together. And uh a high school kid came in the door, you know, and I said, Hey buddy, how's it going? And I fist bumped him and I said, What are you working today? And he was telling me he was working. I said, Well, you need some help, give me a holler And and we then we started walking again. He looked at me and he goes, that dude just got a fist bump from Don Fields. <laughs> He's my boss. <laughs> He's my boss. <laughs> I don't know how else to tell you that.
5: Right. Um, very cool.
6: You know, and it's just, it's got to be open. It's got to be friendly. It's got to be friendly for everybody. And you have to pay attention and you have to make sure that male or female doesn't get harassed in there. That right, there is yeah. no shaming going on. And the other thing is, you know, I walk around, if someone's sitting on one of my sh- machines with a phone in their hand and they've been sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, yeah, they are going to also be instructed to go down the street as Barney's gym. You can go down there and sit on any machine you want. Yeah,
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's That's-
6: attention. It's yeah. attention. Yeah. And then you, because if you know what you're doing, if you know what you're doing, and you give them the attention they are going to get the results you slap that t-shirt on them yeah that has your name on it and they're looking at them going what in the world are you doing i'm working out at don fields
5: right right
6: that's there's your marketing
5: that's everything i agree totally and like uh like you said just to be all in and to care to give it to give a shit for lack of better words you know it's like and that's Right. Sometimes, sometimes lacking in this industry, you know, and, and we've all seen it, you know, in, in many places, Don. So yeah, man, I, I think those are all awesome pieces of advice, especially for, you know, our younger listeners that maybe want to open a gym, mm-hmm. uh, get into this industry here down the road, uh, really massive part of what we do, like building that relationship with people and that accountability. You mentioned earlier, and we'll kind of make this our last piece, but like goals, you mentioned you wanted to add some new revenue streams. You're, you're looking at doing that. What are you yes. looking at, do, Don, like the next you know, like the next 12 months to, you know, the next year or so with downfields, uh, built by downfields, what are you looking to accomplish uh, goal-wise, business-wise to add these new revenue streams or is there something else you're looking to do? No, this
6: it's well, there's
5: something else I'm looking to do on my time off. I want to
6: build hot rods and make money. At it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but that's something totally different. Um, you know, the change in what we do is, You know, I remember back in the early, early 80s when you talked about a gym and when you talked about your marketing and you would put a pin on where the gym was and you would make a string on the map that was a 20-minute radius and circle that 20-minute radius. And that was your market. That was your market, you know, and you had to go work that 20-minute radius to your gym because no one would want to pass another gym to go to your gym, or you really, really need to have something that you would make them want to do that. And every gym was like that. It was a 20 minute radius. That's changed. The internet has changed everything. There are the ability to market out there what you're doing right now.
3: um, Out
6: there that's past that 20 minute radius and you know you get to the point that your face your name your things what you accomplish the workouts this that and the other uh gets out there well the next you know somebody's going to want to buy your t-shirt right and somebody's going to want to buy some of your materials oh yeah and you know i've done a strength camp for high school football for the last 30 some years and I have that whole package that starts at the end of May and goes all the way through the entire year and then back in May again. And mm-hmm. I would love to get to the point to be able to get with somebody and say, look, here, here's everything that's in my brain. Yep. Go market it, go right. do something with it. Cause there's a ton of stuff and I can't, I can't, I don't have time to stop and do all that Uh, there's things at the front desk that we could do with drinks and smoothies and nutrition and t-shirts and this that and the other I I don't have time I don't have time because when I'm here during the day a lot of times I'm here by myself
3: right
6: right and I don't have time to do all that Uh, in the long run I would like to get to the point that I could get my revenue of the club to be able to hire somebody with a stipling to keep them there, but do all the incentives of so you make you give the job, this, you get this, you get this, you get this. I, I would love to get to that point.
5: Yeah, I think that's Not all. There. There. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a continuous journey, right? It's always we're always growing and uh, always looking for right. ways we can add services and obviously revenue streams uh, for us and for the members. And I think it's all you know, terrific stuff. And uh, yeah, Don, you bring a lot of this knowledge to this business. So my last question, man, and uh, you know, I only ask the folks that have been doing this for, you know, at least at least 10 years, right? Again, we have listeners who are looking to come up in the industry, open a gym. we have touched on this a few times, but I feel like one key piece of advice to that person looking to open a gym, uh, like, you know, to you like 30 years ago, like, what would you give that advice to that person listening to, to set them up for like success?
6: you have to be very frugal and smart with your budget. Mm. You have to see, I was very lucky in that, that gentleman let me open up a gym in his office. So that when I went to the banker, I went, here's two years of revenues that I am doing. We are only gonna work off of these revenues of what I am doing. This is what I can pay. This is what I can handle. This is what I can do. The biggest mistake that I see over and over and over and over. When I opened my gym, I had a friend, same friend that I'm doing my hot rods at, his his body shop. Um, We bought steel. And I spent months designing my own bench, my own squat racks, my own power racks, my own uh, utility benches inclines everything we went into his shop one saturday morning at about 10 o'clock and i had a guy cutting steel and i was holding the pieces and my buddy ray Hyde was welding and we started at 10 o'clock and by six o'clock that night my entire gym was sitting in his shop so again if i didn't have him but see this was three benches, two inclines, four power racks, uh, dumbbell racks that can go all the way up to 100. Um, this, that, the other, all you know, all the free weight things, because I knew how to make them because um, mm-hmm. I, I can build. And they were my design. So it's kind of like they deal with Bodymaster when they pulled in Boyer Co who, yeah. after they did their thing, Boyer you come look at this. He said, well, change this, change that, change this. You know, we would build it. I would get on it. Oh, yeah, this is good. This is good. This will work. This will work. And just keep going and doing it that way. And so yeah. that the only real cost of my uh, equipment-wise, because remember I told you, it's, it's, it's important what you have in there. Yeah, uh, the, the circuit that I put in, and it was an old <laughs> Cybex circuit that was beat up, that I stripped down, painted, you know, recovered, put back in there. Uh, my cardio was my biggest expense, but here's what I'm going to say. Okay, I've been here for 30 years. Right. Um, I have a couple of benches that I bought brand new. Yeah. Uh, period.
5: Everything else used, right?
6: Everything else was used. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I what I do. As I sit and watch these people go out and buy all this stuff. That's right. And then they're open for about a month or two or three or four, or maybe a year, or maybe two. And then they go. Poof. Yeah. And when they go, I yeah. buy it for pennies on a dollar.
5: There you go. Right. It's uh yeah, I, I'm so glad you said that. You know, I was always like, you know, there's better ways to spend the money we make, I think, than on fancy equipment, you know, mm-hmm. in the gym. So like, yeah, I'm really, really glad he said it on especially. With you having this gym for thirty years, and I think that's uh, that's really great advice, man. You know, and uh, yeah, don't you don't have to go big right away. You just, we go small.
6: No, leave let, it back to you. You if you go small, yeah. And this is, and I'm just saying, I'm saying this obviously because it's, it's what I did. Right. If you go small as your business grows, yeah. as your business grows, your now don't fence yourself in that you right. don't have a plan a a plan b a plan c a plan you you better have a plan if you you think you're just going to open up this big thing that you're in this place that used to be a grocery store and you're going to put all this this weight equipment in and everybody's going to come flocking mm, not going to
5: happen no no no.
6: they may come at first but then you got to hang on to them see and that's the other thing everybody you know i have a niche my niche is when I sell a membership, I just had two couples show up today and they said, Well, we want to join your gym. What, what can you tell me? I said, Let me make this real simple. And I pulled out four cards, gave them a week's pass for free. Yeah. Here's your card. There's the gym. Come walk around. Tell me what you like. You like this? You like that? Okay. We have this. We have that. We What else do you like? How do you like to do it? Do you need help? Do you, have, you know, that kind of stuff? He said, Okay. There you go. A week. Because right. my gym, is very old school and i am i'm surrounded by everything but what i am and if my you word. like my gym you won't like another gym right awesome. because it can handle you want to do cardio and circuit training there it is you want to do crossfit well you can do it right over there or you can go outside and do it you know you want to do powerlifting? well there's the platform there's the bars there's the stuff. You want to train for football? Well, here we go. Here's the ladder. Here's this. Here's the program sitting on the board. What's your position? That's the one you want right there. There it is. Have at it. And, and that all of that is, is 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 just important. That's important. Having the stuff for them to be able to do it. In the same token, you don't want to go out and solicit a bunch of high schools to train their 30 athletes, and you only have one power rack.
5: Yeah, it's not going to work
6: right it's just not going to make
5: it yeah yeah i agree and i love that you made uh initially you made your own equipment like that's mm-hmm. no, i've never heard that before so i think that's i think that's awesome you know
6: well when you look at my website and look at yeah. the stuff that's outside yeah that's it that's
5: i watched the stuff. video earlier yeah it's very cool yeah i i love that Don. i think that's i think that's awesome man we don't see that anymore that's for sure you could start an equipment company you know on the on the side yeah. <laughs> Take the place of like Arsenal's new line, you know. Take take uh, take, uh, all their crazy stuff. But Don, I appreciate this man so much. Where can the listeners check you out on uh, your website, social media? Where can we find you guys?
6: Okay, the website is www.builtbydonfields.net. That's the website. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, Facebook is Built by Don Fields, Um, and I have been starting to do a little bit more of just using my personal. Because it, it got hard to link into my Facebook of the gym and my Facebook that was personal. Uh, it was hard to do both. It was like impossible to do both. It used to be real simple. When I posted into one, it automatically posted me and they changed that. I, I don't know why, but they did. Um, but I'm starting to post up. Like right now, I've been playing with some nutritional stuff that that of my experience of all the years and I've gotten some rather interesting results um, by com- combining like several different programs into uh-huh. one. And I'm kind of playing with my some of my uh, clients, you know, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. But I'm starting to put that into my Facebook page.
5: Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. awesome. Great people like you said and we have the chance now- nowadays to reach so many more people with, with exactly. Our- is is a a, a massive plus and uh yeah this is terrific don i appreciate it so much great to hear your story man and hear uh what you've done where you've been where we are now and uh it was awesome man thank you well i appreciate it so much thank Uh, you so much for having me i i I appreciate you got it and listeners we appreciate you guys as well please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes Till next time jim lords we are out